Shalom Aleichem, Shavua Tov, to all of you listeners of this great station, uh, Jerut, which beams only Divrei Torah, Divrei Musar, Divrei Alacha, and religious music. This is Rabbi Albas from SLC. I'm going to be talking about Parashat Re'eh. Towards the end of the parasha, we have the following pasuk. Miketz sheva shanim ta'ase shemitah. This is talking about shemitah. And there's two types of shemitah. Shemitat ksafin and shemitat karkaot. Now here is talking about shemitat ksafin, meaning if a person borrows a, a personal loan from a someone else, then at the end of the seventh year, the seventh year of the seven-year cycle, then the loan is canceled. Unless he writes to what we call a Prus bull. Right? A Prus bull, then he can collect it. That's Shemitah Ksafim. There's also Shemitah Karkaot, which talks about the fact that the seventh year, the land has to be resting, no work on the land whatsoever. And all the produce of that land, they go to everybody else. Not just, he cannot take it himself and sell it or whatever. He can use it, whatever he can. Everybody, everybody else can come and take it. That produce, which you call perot shvi'it, has a certain amount of kedusha. And it, and it grows in the holy land. If that same produce is growing in any country in the world besides Eretz Israel, Italy, France, Greece, America, it's not considered uh, it doesn't have any Kedusha, just like any other producer of the entire year. But in Eretz Israel, it's different. It's holy. And because it is holy, it has certain characteristics. We see in Parashat Aharimot, which we read on Yom Kippur. In the afternoon, we read about the Arayot, those uh, marriages that are prohibited by the Torah, mainly the uh, close relatives. And it says at the end that these are the abominations that the people of Canaan were practicing. And because they were practicing them, the land became tameh. You hear? The abominations of the human being can make the land tameh. And because it makes the land tameh, the land of Eretz Israel is holy. It cannot sustain abomination after abomination. And if that happens, the land actually disgorges. It, it, it vomits out the people. Uh, you see, uh, the Rashi, Allah uh, Shalom, he brings an example. He says, take an example of a prince who's been living in a palace all, all his life. 
and he only gets delicious, delicate food, fresh. The minute you give him some kind of food that is a, a little bit spoiled, what happens? He's going to vomit it out. This is the holy land. Our land is a princely land. It cannot tolerate sin after sin. Unfortunately, unfortunately, this kind of Kedusha is not recognized by Goim, even non-religious Jews. Rabbi Frand reported in one of his articles uh, about this famous non-Jewish famous reporter who went to Israel to visit a few cities. He reported about two cities, Tel Aviv and Yerushalayim. Now listen, this is what he's saying. He says Tel Aviv is a normal city. Why? Many nightclubs, music blasting, many places people hang out, women not dressed properly. This is like any other city. Miami, Los Angeles, Paris, London. That's a normal city. Yerushalayim, he says, unfortunately, is not normal. Well, he came on a Friday late afternoon, and he, he saw a man dressed with long coats, fur hats, long curls, people rushing to synagogues, others rushing to the mikveh, the ritual baths. That's not a normal city. Tel Aviv is normal. Jerusalem, he says, it's not. It's unfortunate. Goim, as well as non-religious Jews, do not understand the concept of holiness. Kedusha. Eris Israel has a certain amount of Kedusha. Yerushalayim has even more Kedusha. And the Bet HaMikdash is even more Kadosh. I'm going to give a, a, an illustration about an incident mentioned in the Gemara, about this man called Yosef Meshisa. Yosef Meshisa was a Rasha, was Jewish. Rasha, he was a collaborator with the Romans. When the Romans were fighting the Bnei Israel towards the end, like towards the, when the, after the, uh, the destruction of the uh, Second Temple, uh, what happened that he was showing them the secrets and everything else. So they wanted to reward them. So after the, the destruction of the temple, they told him, go inside. Go inside the, uh, the Bet HaMikdash. Take what you want. Oh, fine. He goes in. And he walks out with the, the menorah. So we're talking about a menorah. We're talking about like a, a, a big hunk of gold here. He said, Kikar Zahav. The menorah was made like about a, kikaz, about a hundred pounds or so. You're talking about 1,600 ounces of gold. By, by today's standard, an ounce of gold is around 1,200, 1,300, I don't know. Multiply that. You're talking about over $2 million by today's standards. So he's walking out with the menorah. And the Roman officer says to him, no, 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 you can't take that. that, that that's a big thing. This, is, this belongs to the... Uh, palace of the czar, you can't take that. Leave that alone. Go inside, take another one. And he says to him, I'm not going inside. He 
said, what do you mean you're not going inside? He said, I defiled the Beit HaMikdash once. I'm not going to do it again. And the Roman officer says, look who's talking. You, the Rasha, the, the, the collaborator. He said, beating him up. You go inside or else. I'm not going inside. He beat him to death. But he won't go inside. What's the reason? The reason is the following. Once he went in, he felt the strong Kedushah of the Beit HaMikdash that already influenced him to the point where he's not going to go and defile it again. That's the Kedushah. Well, the Kedushah of the Beit HaMikdash and the Kedushah of Yerushalayim and the Kedushah of all Eris Israel. Because of that, that only belongs to a nation that is Kadosh. Ki am Kadosh ata Lashem Elokecha. You know, let me, let me just mention this because I, I happened to, it bothered me. And I wanted people to know about this if you didn't hear about it. Last week, Obama blasted Netanyahu and the Israeli government for approving some 400 units to be built in Samaria, that's Shomron. Now, we know that uh, Judea and Samaria, uh, from since the beginning of our history, they were part of Eretz Israel. This is part of us, but let's forget about that for a minute. Even so, Israel is willing to trade land for permanent security. Israel is telling all the countries in the world loud and clear, let them recognize us as a Jewish state, and we will draw. But you see, Rabotai, the Palestinians, what they want is not just the West Bank. They want Hasbi Shalom, the destruction of Jewish state. They want to establish a Palestinian state in all of Israel. If you look at the charter of the PLO, you will see what I'm saying is correct. Let me say another thing. What is wrong if Jews live in Arab land? So what? Arabs live in, in Jewish land? They live in Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, they live in Haifa, all over. And Jews live all over the world too. What does that mean they live there? That doesn't mean that they own it, they just live there. What's wrong with it? But you see, Rabotai, Israel is a very special land. Eres Asher Hashem Elokecha Doreshotah Kadosh Baruch who is looking all the time. Tamid Ene Hashem Elokecha Ba. Always the eyes of Hashem are in there from the beginning of the year to the end. At the end, we will prevail because we are Am Kadosh. And this is a land that's Kadosh. Another thing why we are Am Kadosh is discussed in the parasha, and it has to do with the uh, uh, forbidden foods. The Jewish nation is holy because it follows the precepts of the body owner. One of the important ones is forbidden foods. They're described in the, uh, uh, for the second time, by the way, they already described in Parashat Shemini, but again in this Parashat. 
if you notice that the Torah is telling us uh, when it comes about the animals, uh, it gives us the simanim of the animal. It has to have split hooves, and it has to be ruminating, meaning chewing its cud. It, 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 it chews first the food, and then it comes back up. Chews again. That's called, that's called ma'alegera in, in, uh, in, the, in the terms, in terms of, the, <coughs> of the Torah. <coughs> it ma'alegera, it chews its cud. And of course, it tells us, uh, like, say, you know, a lamb, a goat, uh, a cow, an ox, whatever. That's considered kosher animals because they're malegera. Now, the, the Torah also gives us seven different kinds of hayot, uh, uh, you know, uh, like the ayal, tzvi, ahmur, and so on. And these are kosher animals. Then the Torah is saying, Something interesting. It gives us four types of animals in which there's only one siman. One siman kasher, the other siman is not kasher. It gives four animals. Okay. Hazir, the gamal, and the shafan, arnevet. And if you notice there, it, it first it tells us the siman that's kasher, and then it says the siman that's not kasher. Now, if you're going to list something that is not kasher, it stands to reason that you would tell me why it's not kasher first. You should put down the siman that's not kasher, and then tell me the siman that's kasher. But the Torah says differently. Why? It's giving our message here. We have to look at things in a positive way. Even with animals, it deals with animals, right? But still, the Torah is not for the animals, for us. We always look at things in a positive way. And if by animals it is so, how much more so would it be for the people? We have to be extremely careful how we treat people around us. It's very important. We don't want to embarrass another person. Let me give you a little story that I heard once about the Chafetz Chaim, Alava Shalom. One time he was a guest, and he came in, it was Friday night, and uh, he noticed that. Uh, uh, the uh, hala was not covered. Okay. So, okay, they said, Shalom Aleichem, and so on. Then when he came to the Kiddush, he nudged the house, he says to him, uh, you know, maybe, you know, should cover the hala. So the, the, the host was, uh, he was very embarrassed, and, you know, he, he was angry, what's going on here? So he goes to, to the kitchen, he tells his wife, starts screaming at his wife, how could you do this? You know, we have a, a holy man here, a big family, Hakam. He left the halal uncovered. Anyway, that's what happened. They covered the halal, it says a kiddush, and uh, 
Okay, after that, you know, the Hafez Chaim didn't say anything yet. Until they had, you know, the first course, usually they could filter fish and have a little uh, bromfen, as they say, a little schnapps after that. Then, very diplomatically, the Hafez Chaim tells the host, uh, do you know why we cover the challah? So the host, you know, wants to show, yeah, sure, you know, he's a learned person, he knows what's going on. He says, oh yeah, because uh, after all, bread is a, a very basic staple, and that should re it really should go first, but because we have to make kiddush before we can eat, so we have to make a kiddush on the wine. So what do we do in order not to embarrass the bread? We cover it. So the Hafez Chaim says to him, listen to what you are saying. You don't want to embarrass the bread, but you go ahead and embarrass your wife. Very important. The Torah in many, many places, it tells us about how towards our fellow men. And let me quote to you an, another Rashi in Shemot Perek Kaf. It says, That's what Torah says. When you do build an altar from stones, do not cut those stones with something metallic, like a sword or a knife. Why? You're going to profane it by using the sword. That's what the Torah says. Well, why? So Rashi says, the Mizbeach is there in order to lengthen the days of a person. A person sins, Hashem should punish him, but he brings a korban, Hashem forgives him, and he lives longer. But the sword or the knife is fashioned in order to, not to lengthen, but to reduce the life of a person. And it's not right to use something that decreases the life of a person on something that increases it. And then he says the following. Again, and he says, and more, furthermore, Amizbeach matil shalom ben Israel le'abihem shebashamayim. The Mizbeach, the altar, brings peace between Israel and their father in heaven. Because after all, a person sins, Hashem may be angry at him. So he brings the korban, that forgives him, and there is shalom between them. And he says, shalom Uma avanim stones stones that don't see. Veloshom they don't hear. Lomeda they don't talk. They have no feeling. 
על ידי שמטילות שלום, because they bring שלום between ישראל, הנביאים שם השמיים, the Torah says, לא תניף עליהם ברזל. Do not hurt them with a metal, a metal thing, a metal object. No. But they have no feeling. And yet, the Torah is concerned about them. Imagine, המטיל שלום בין איש לאשתו. A person brings peace, shalom, between a man and his wife, or mishpacha le mishpacha, family to other family, bin adam la chavero, between a man and his fellow man. Ala had kama vechama, shilo tabau por'anut. How much more so this person will be appreciated by Kadosh Baruch Hu? Rabbutai, I just want to finish by saying the following. We're talking about embarrassing, by hurting people, about insulting people, fighting with another person, being angry at the person, not even knowing what you're saying, and the person perhaps for the next two days will be hurt, he can't sleep at night. This is Elul. Today's Rosh Chodesh, we're starting Elul. Chodesh Arachamim, the month, of mercy, the month of Selichot, of forgiveness. You see, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will forgive a person if he makes Teshuvah, only if that sin that he did was between him and Hashem. A person sins towards Hashem, he makes Teshuvah, Hashem will say, okay, you made Teshuvah, you sincerely regret what you did, fine, I'll forgive you. However, if a person sins toward another fellow man, he says, okay, I'm going to make Teshuvah. Not enough. Hashem will say to him, first, you have to ask for forgiveness. Let the person forgive you. Go tell him, I'm sorry what I did, I regret. I'll never do it again. Of course, the best thing is not to do it in the first place. Because if the Torah is worried and concerned about not embarrassing stones, how much more so we should be concerned about not embarrassing people? But should it happen, we have to ask for forgiveness. That's the only way that we'll have complete teshuva. Let us hope, Rabbi that now the month of Elul, Selichot, followed by Rosh Hashanah, Yom Adin, and then Aseret Yemei Teshuva, and Yom Kippur, let us commit ourselves, at least, to improve our behavior towards our colleagues, our children, towards our family, and our, the members of our community. This will create shalom and unity and bring us our Mashiach Sitkenu. Amen. Let me, I'd like to make an announcement. This is uh, what we call quiet across America. Very, very important thing. There's a, a nationwide Shabbat of no talking in shul. Okay? It's, unfortunately, it's a mahala. It's a sickness that on Shabbat we talk in shuls. Uh, during the week, you know, I've noticed in my shul, for example, during the week, nobody talks. On Shabbat? Yeah. 
perhaps because they're doing it, there are fewer people, it's possible, but whatever it is, Shabbat, the holy day, that's the, the day, the holiest day of the week, they talk. So we're going to have a, what we call quiet across the entire America on September 9 to 10. That is Shabbat Parashat Shoftim, which is this coming Shabbat, which also marks the outside of the great sage, the great Tamid Hacham, the Tosfot Yom Tov, Zichronolivracha. Let's all join in in making history. If we start this Shabbat by not talking, let's hope. You know, as they say, the beginning is always tough. But if we can overcome this beginning, we hope to continue the same every Shabbat afterwards to have quiet in the synagogue. Let me, uh, let me again remind you but uh, the importance of helping and supporting and contributing to this uh, radio station. And please, now we're going to be the month of Selichot, the month of Elul. We shall do as more tzedakah, more contributions to charitable organizations. So let us also remember this important station. And if you have any simha, please look us up. We have a beautiful uh, uh, social hall that could be uh, used for any kind of simha that you have. Shavua Tov. Shalom Aleichem.